Yeah, design build and this and that is all part of my house. Okay, the lock. I think he turned a little too much. Yeah. I think so too. Welcome to Flip the Library, Gwinnett County Public Library's podcast. And I'm Melissa Gramot, branch manager at the Snellville branch. And I'm Steve Thomas, branch manager at our Collins Hill branch. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about First Lego League, which is a project we got involved, the library got involved with in the past year, and it's been an exciting one, so we wanted to talk about it. And it's going to be kind of a different episode because we're going to talk to staff, and then we're also going to talk with some parents. Hi, I'm Tanya Almack. I'm the Learning Lab Supervisor, and my office is at Five Forks. Hi, I'm Patrick Sturgill, and I'm a Learning Lab Specialist, and I'm located at Five Forks as well. So I think the first thing we wanted to get is just an overview of what is First Lego League, and then how did the library get involved with it? Uh, so First Lego League is a annual competition for kids ages 9 to 14 to be able to learn a lot of uh, 21st century skills. So basically they um, create a robot uh, that will do stuff that's on a Lego mat. It's a big 8x4 Lego mat, 8x4 foot uh, Lego mat, and has stuff on the table. And the robot that they create is autonomous and has to actually go interact with those things. The more things it can interact with, the more points they get. Uh, in addition to that, there's two other portions. There's the um, the presentation or the project where they have to find a real-world problem based on that year's theme and try to find a real-world solution to it as well. So they go through the engineering process and reiterate and reiterate, do a lot of presentation, and learn new skills to do that. And so last year's theme was Into Orbit. And basically, they had to find a real-world problem that had to do with astronauts living in space for more than a year and a physical or social issue that they had. Um, so they talked about muscle dystrophy last year. And this year, they have to find a uh, public space or building in their community that has an issue and try to find a solution to that. And what, what is the theme for this year? It's... Um, City Shaper is the name of the same this year. It's all about architecture and landscape design and stuff like that, urban development. Um, so the third part is the core values. And there's a list of six core values that they have to demonstrate throughout the entire uh, season. And that's stuff like discovery. So coaches can't give them the answers. They have to go out and discover it themselves. And there's there's several other ones. But that's kind of, uh, for Sega League in a nutshell, it's definitely not just a robot. It's uh, a lot of different stuff combined. Uh, and in fact, the robot in the competition is considered the least number of points for their, like, there's a pyramid. And so core values is weighted the most. Then there's the... Um, the actual project, and then there's the robot. Okay. This and that. So how, how did how did the library get involved? 
Well, we had a robotics club that we started a few years ago now. We had a lot of Mindstorms uh, packs that weren't widely being used, and I was looking for a way to use them more frequently. And with the learning labs, we had some interest in robotics. And so we started the robotics club. I was getting roughly 30 people per meeting coming, so a pretty good turnout. And I had heard of first Lego League back when I was in high school, and it was always in the back of my mind. It was always thought to be something fun to do. And so um, it just kind of made sense for us in the learning lab to potentially offer. Uh, and not everybody has access to be able to do this, so it was something that we as the library system could offer for people who wanted to do this but couldn't make it work by themselves. Two coincidental things also happened around that time. Um, One was that I happened upon a FIRST Robotics competition. FIRST is an organization, and FIRST stands for For the Inspiration and Recognition of Science and Technology, and it's the largest STEM nonprofit in the world. They are worldwide, and I happened upon an FRC, which is their high school version of competition, at the Gwinnett Arena, and I ended up staying for that, and I saw how organized and well-run it was, and thought, maybe we do want to do something like this. Um, Maybe not FRC, which requires a lot of money. Um, The parts are expensive. It's very intensive. Um, But we ended up deciding on First Lego League. And around that time, I happened to be on Reddit and saw that Dr. Lonnie Johnson had a robotics facility for First Lego League teams and for First Robotics competition teams. And about that time, I saw that Um, They were offering people to come and tour it, and I ended up arranging a tour, and um, Dr. Lonnie Johnson is a former NASA engineer, and we took Atlas with us since it was NASA-related and she loved space, and we went down and toured it, and we um, got to see their competition area and where their teams work, and they have a a really big facility, the largest in Georgia for anything FIRST-related, and um, Dr. Johnson's actually on the board for FIRST right now. But he does a lot um, with these teams. He's especially interested in minorities getting involved in STEM careers. And their facility is actually sponsored by 100 Black Men of Atlanta. And um, we had a really good experience with that. And in addition to that, we got to see the prototype for the Super Soaker, which is Dr. Johnson's invention that he's made millions and millions of dollars off of. Um, so he's he's got a lot of deep pockets to put toward all of this, and uh, he's a great guy. So we went and did that, and we were really impressed, so we ended up getting involved. What has been your experience with the league so far? Well, last year we had two teams, and Patrick and I co-coached them. And uh, it was a little bit more intensive than we had planned. So this year we've actually gone down to one team, and we're getting help from some other people um, Joe Troxel from Centerville has been helping us out with coaching. And David Buterbaugh from Five Forks Branch is also helping us out to help us from getting too bogged down with just this one project. But overall, I've had a really good experience. I think the families have had a great experience. Um, what would you say, Patrick? I completely agree. Um, it's been a really rewarding experience for us, I think, being able to see, especially the ones that have come back this year. You've really seen them grow over the two years. They've learned a lot. Um, some of them who really hated giving presentations last year, on the application this year for do you like presenting, 
they like one of them like did like twenty check marks. Like, oh. They really liked it, and then we had um, one one club member individually uh, in particular who last year just got up in front of like five hundred people just to present something, just kind of off the cuff, which was which was awesome. We were like, "Do you need help up there?" Like, "No, I got it." No, no, she she did totally. She got up and decided that they were going to present their award for some um, thing that they had had a competition at the competition going on. Um, teens have booths and other teens come visit them. And you can offer things like that. And they had an actual competition to guess the number of something in the jar. And um, they decided to present and went up to the MC and asked for the microphone all on their own. Wow. And went up and, you know, they're 9 to 14 years old, but around really 11 last yeah, year. I think last year it was even 10 was the, oh. average, the average age. Our team's a little young. So fifth graders primarily. <laughs> and then went up and asked the MC for the microphone uh, that the governor had spoken at earlier in the day and then took it over and in front of 500 people just started public speaking like it was normal. That's so it, it is pretty rewarding to see that happen. I can definitely see. Uh, so the creator of First Lego League, or first organization, was Dean Kamen. And he created First Lego League or first uh, to be able to have some way to teach 21st century skills in kids. He's the guy who created a segue, and so to him, robotics was a kind of, it made sense to him for the robotics to be the vehicle to teach those things. And I have really seen our our kids and our teams really start to excel in, in the 21st century skills, for sure. So I think it is definitely working. And how did the teams do in competition last year? So last year we did pretty well. One of our two teams actually won the Gwinnett Super Regionals Championship Award, and only 24 teams out of the 576 teams who registered for a tournament in Georgia were awarded that, so it was a really big deal for us to win such a prestigious award our first year. One of the unique things about Gwinnett County is it's considered one of the hardest places to actually compete because there are so many teams here in Gwinnett. There's a lot of competitors to compete against. Um, Most of the schools have a team. They don't all compete, but they all kind of attempt to to do the the table uh, and the project, and so there's so many of them like what was that 576 76 that that's that's in our state right that that's georgia it, but i think 300 and something are in yeah, Gwinnett. roughly wow. like every elementary Gwinnett. school in Gwinnett has a team and most of the middle schools have a team we have our own region in Gwinnett. <laughs> can you guys explain how does um, leading the league fit into the library's overall strategic plan Well, I think it falls under a couple of things, actually, in the strategic plan. Um, We've actually maximized our engagement with community organizations by going to tournaments. We bring all of our library swag and other teams and coaches and parents come up to us and say, what school are you from? And then we explain that we're a library team. Um, And we also have kind of deepened our connections to some of our local homeschoolers because our teams are made up of homeschoolers only. Last year, we only had one public schooler that was on one of our teams, Um, but this year we decided to stick with homeschoolers since they don't have any other opportunity to do this sort of thing for free. Um, And since, you know, one parent is homeschooling and they have lots of kids in our group anyway, 
um, you know, money is tight sometimes. So paying for Lego Mindstorms robots, each of our kits is $500. And then, yeah, we have multiple kits. And then paying for the registration fees and the tournament fees can be pretty expensive. Um, we're lucky this year that we actually got sponsorship. Chad Smith, the architect who designed Hamilton Mill and also is designing Norcross Branch um, before it moves, uh, actually agreed to sponsor us to give us some money toward it. Um, the, That's great. The other part of uh, the strategic plan that really helps is um, to be able to improve programs and collections and services as our community evolves. And I think that we've been able to do that to help with you know, the needs of our local homeschoolers and what they're really looking for. And they've been pretty enthusiastic that they're looking for STEM experiences for their children. A lot of them go to art schools and other academies for some of those extracurriculars or, you know, elective classes. Um, but there's not a lot offered to them for free that's STEM-related. And I know one of our goals has to do with diversity. And we have a very diverse team. Both of our years that we've done it, we've had a very diverse team. Uh, made of multiple backgrounds. Well, that's great because that works in with the other gentleman that you said you worked with that he's trying to get more diversity in tech, so that, that works out well. Definitely. Um, that was a really good experience for us to go and see what he is kind of set up to help with that um, and how much money he's put toward that and having an entire facility. Um, so you, if you buy a super soaker type thing, you can uh, rest assured that the money is going towards something good. A good cause. <laughs> so keep on buying super soakers. Um, so you talked about that it's kind of a big time commitment um, that you guys have put in. Um, is it something that you think other branches can recreate, or is it kind of a unique circumstance with the learning lab? I feel like it's probably a pretty unique circumstance that we're in in the learning labs. Because, um, A, we had, like you just mentioned, Tanya, the, each kit is like $500. And we happen to have, uh, we took half of what we had gotten in a grant many years ago, like e-services, I believe. And since they hadn't been used a whole lot at that time for maybe like two or three years, we had taken them on and we were looking for something to use them for. But we had... Seven of them have wound up back into circulation for branches, but then we took the other seven. And so that's a lot of kits, and sometimes it doesn't feel like enough kits, to be completely honest, for, for them in there. Um, so just just on that alone, that's like something you have to think about. But in addition, between um, our roughly, what is it, like six hours a week, of meetings, and then additionally, we sometimes the coaches have meetings. Then we have um, we're on Slack, so we communicate back and forth with the parents. So I think roughly probably about ten hours a week, uh, on average, is how much we spend on it. So if you have somebody who can spend ten hours a week on it, but you, it's it's probably like you know that's that's probably a unique circumstance there. I think it would be better to help coach. Yes. If you have individuals who wanted to help us, we're going to be doing this again next year. Um, that's probably the best way that the branches could support the endeavor. I do want to add on to that, though, with coaching. Um, a lot of people feel like you have to know everything when you start coaching, and that's not the case. Um, so, like I mentioned earlier, one of the core values is discovery, and so they, the, the team members need to be doing the work to discover things. We're really just guiding them to the answers just like we do as librarians when we are helping the public 
find answers to whatever they're working on, it's kind of the same idea. So I will say that I feel like um, library staff is uniquely qualified to be coaches um, compared to maybe a lot of other people. But um, to answer your question, I think it's a fairly unique circumstance. I, I do think that it's uh, something that we didn't mention earlier, but part of the great thing about FIRST is that the kids have to do the work. We can't help them. They have to pick their own project. We can teach them to use Galileo, but they have to do their own research. They have to come up with the skit dialogue or presentation dialogue or whatever way they um, decide to interact with the coaches to get their project across. That's all on them. We can't really decide for them. So um, sometimes they pick things that we wouldn't want to pick, but sometimes we get our way in the end because they change their mind. Last year, one of the names that were suggested for the team was the Bibliotechs, and we loved it because we thought it made so much sense, but they didn't all love it. They were a little young. They didn't get it. They were like, Biblio, I don't really understand. And <laughs> even after everyone tried to explain it, they didn't really understand. But this year, they re-voted, and they chose Bibliotechs, so I think from now on, we're going to be the Bibliotechs. Yeah. That's a great name. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. This year they decided to look at accessibility issues at some of the parks. And because the closest park to the Five Forts branch is the Ronald Reagan Park, mm -hmm. they've been going to the Ronald Reagan Park and figuring out what kind of issues people with uh, disabilities might have when they're, when they're visiting that park. Things like, do we need ramps to certain locations? Um, things like, they, they came up with an idea for a barrier, basically, that is the rope barrier for blind people to follow. So we were fortunate enough to take a trip to the Gwinnett Environmental Heritage Center, and they showed us around their center there. Um, we got a lot of ideas for our project. It was still kind of, we were still trying to figure out what we were going to do. And they have a bunch of trails, and their trails were divided off uh, by these ropes so even people who have who are blind who may not be able to see the trail very well could still follow the rope to be able to walk the trail um, and that was one of the ideas that they really liked that they saw and so they wanted to implement that and so that was actually the building block that we went off of and then as we went to visit the park they found other issues and so they decided to look at a holistic approach at the, the whole park for any accessibility issues that they might have found. So um, they decided that the playground was not very accessible. So now they're creating, they're designing another version of it. Or they decided that the teen playground, there was nothing really there for teams, so they're creating a plan for the teen playground. Um, so everything should be able to be implemented. And it's really fascinating what they've come up with so far. All right, well, thank you so much, Tanya and Patrick, for talking with us. And now we're going to hear from some other people. It didn't go wide this way, so it might be because of the gyro sensor. But before, it was going like this. So that just I'll see if I can, like, on one side, like this side, I'll see if I can expand it a little further out. Okay. Also, that side's the side that we'll be using for that. So. So that could be helpful, just... Yeah. Yeah. 
And now our special guest. We have two parents here from our first Lego League, and we're going to ask them to introduce themselves and then tell us um, how they first became aware of first Lego League. Okay, my name is Anna Beecham, and I didn't know what first Lego League was. I knew that uh, that I knew some people that had been on uh, robotics teams through different organizations, and then uh, I knew that the library had started a robotics club. And when Patrick had mentioned that um, they were going to try to do a team, I got real excited about it. And that first meeting, he talked about First Lego League and what the uh, ins and outs were of it and the rules and all that kind of thing. And so that's when First Lego League, that's when I found out about it. Hi, I'm Beth Twist. Um, we found out about Lego League by accident. We were at a Lego event at a different library, and I overheard one of the librarians talking about it. We had actually been consider, considered starting a Lego League team in our home, but the, I did not have the experience or the technology ability to do that. So when I found out there was a team here, we jumped on it immediately. That's great. Um, so how long have you guys been regular library users? Have been, how, how long have you been using the library? Um, I got married 20 years ago and moved to the Gwinnett area and started going to the library a few months later. So started really going to the library a lot more once my firstborn was born 18 years ago. And ever since, I mean, we've been faithful librarian goers my kids would live here if they were allowed so <laughs> we're here all the time we love to hear that <laughs> <laughs> and as a homeschool mom we are here a lot um we could use a lot of resources that we would have to buy otherwise so we are here quite frequently yeah a lot of times we we get to be the classroom library for a lot of yes. homeschoolers so. the um the Gwinnett system is a great system. I mean, I, I when I was a kid, I wanted a library more than I could, but I lived out in the country. But around here, you know, with 15 different branches that Gwinnett offers, between all those uh, plus ILL abilities, I can get just about any book I need. I mean, that includes Library of Congress that I've had some books from through ILL. So I can get just about anything I need from this system. I mean, we've. I would like to move uh to a different house from where I'm at, but if I had to leave Gwinnett, the library system, quite honestly, is one of the things I would miss quite a bit. So we've talked about your experience, and now we want to talk a little bit about the kids. Um, what do you hope your kids learn from being involved with the First Lego League? First Lego League for us is um, the team of environment that they may not get if they're not sports kids. So I don't have a sports kid, but he loves robotics. And that can very often be an isolated event. So First Lego League for us gives us the opportunity for him to be part of a team and to learn from other people and to teach other people um, and to be mentored by coaches and to be pushed by coaches, uh, but that he can also mentor others um, and then have the competition that they're actually working towards a specific goal and a timeline. Similar, my answer to that. Um, <clears throat> what I hope my kids, because I have two of them in there, and 
in being homeschoolers, we don't have the opportunity to do projects together. I mean, granted, the two of them might do a project together, but that's two. And the four of them, I have four kids, the four of them might play together and figure out what to play together, but that's not a project. When you're talking about a project in a school environment, a school outside the house, we call it, uh, now you're talking about four or five, six kids working together. And sometimes they're forced to work together on a team. And some of those kids may not get along all that great or may not have, they may have issues with one another. Those are things that you really have to deal with in the world when you grow up. And it's nice to have this place here. Um, my kids have done competitions as an individual where they have the timeline and they, they are able to interview. But in a group environment, they have not been able to do that and that's I'm glad that First Lego League has been able to do that with them, that they can learn how to deal and cope with things that are not so easy, um, getting along with peers, and things that uh, that they have to hold back and say, okay, uh, my ideas might not be accepted. Mm-hmm. I have to deal with that um, because to, to let that to, to let college be the first time that they do that would be difficult, you know, and. Uh, this way, you know, we're here to help them through this this time. Um, you both, bo- both of you and your kids were involved last year with it yes. as well, so you can kind of talk about um, how was how did you observe the process like throughout the season of how your kids reacted to the process? I wasn't in the room as much. I was dealing with my oldest, trying to get him into college, um, but. What I did notice was that by the end, it, it took them a while to get a fire going to where, hey, let's really work now <laughs> and, and, and treat it as something really serious. Um, and they did well, but that fire kind of happened late and it was like down to the wire before they really started buckling their bootstraps and, and working hard. That's, that's what I noticed. Yeah, that it, it's a progression where they start the season and it takes them till just about now and they realize that deadline is real, real close and they really start to work even more as a team and really start to push each other and um, where you really see that teamwork coming into place. As part of First Lego League, your kids have to do research on a problem and then do a presentation with their solution. Have you seen this skill grow in your child as a result of the program? Very much for for my child. Um, because, like, when I give him work to do and he has to do research, he's doing it for Mama. Like, or even if we go to a co-op and he has to do it for another teacher. But it has affected him much differently because he has to do it as part of a team and he has to present it in a competition. So it's that aspect of... Um, there's other people depending on him to do his research, to do it well, and to be able to present it well. Yeah, I think it's similar for me. Um, my kids are involved in another competition, and <laughs> getting them to realize the timeline for that, where they're presenting something individually on a given topic, it has been a little more like pulling teeth. Uh, you know, you got to get this done, got to get this done, got to get this done. But then for Lego League, like Beth said, their team is relying on them. They have to get this done. They're coming to me and saying, I got to look this up today, Mom, because 
I got to present it tomorrow or you know, whatever. And so, yeah, having that team with the first Lego League, having having the team waiting on them, and they don't want to let them down. They don't want to be embarrassed. They don't want to feel like I didn't do my part um, is a big influence on them. So, yeah, I think they've – hopefully they'll take that, the, however. But hopefully they'll take that and do it individually because not everything's going to be in a group all the time. So hopefully they'll – get to move on with the individual aspect as well. That's great. Um, so how do you feel that projects like First Lego League, and you guys have been at the library forever, so you might have been involved <laughs> with other projects as well in the past, but how do you feel like projects like that add value to the li- your library experience? We love our librarians. And uh, we I've befriended a few of them, and I remember talking to one of them uh, a few years ago, and I was mentioning to her that, you know, I'm, I still feel like, she's got to be quiet with the library. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone else is, you know, <laughs> and, um, and she said, yeah, libraries become like more of really of a, re- a, a community center more so than a real library that we grew up with. And, and, and I see that evolvement, if that's the word. Um, so looking at that as the library becoming more of a community center, uh, First Lego League is great because it's a positive thing. For the library, um, we have thankfully, uh, you know, by God's grace, the team was allowed to do well uh, last year. So that brings a positive kudos to the library. Um, and it's, it's a positive experience all the way around. The kids grow from it. They learn from it. Um, the, the library gains kudos from it, um, a good word from it. And then the kids, of course, have to use the library tools, books for research, the um, the uh, the learning labs for learning different things. That they use so many different parts of the library just for this one effort, just for this one you know, first Lego league. Um, so I think it's it's been a really positive thing for that reason. And when I grew up, going to the library it was to check out books and go to puppet shows. <laughs> but I love how as technology has grown and it's just a change that the library is changing with it. Um, First Lego League has been an incredible, huge and valuable blessing to our family. Um, it's not something that I possess the no knowledge to teach, but I have a kid that loves it. It is their thing and they thrive in that environment. And I we are so blessed to have the library offer that, that it, it's been huge for us. Thank you both for sharing your story and uh, allowing everyone to hear about how your kids are doing such a wonderful job participating in First Lego League with the library. Sure. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, we had talked earlier with some of the staff, and they had talked about what a positive experience it is for them as well to work with your kids. I mean, I think it works for everybody all together, so it's great. Thank you. Good. <laughs> Yay! Let me just get that uh, thing first.